Hello and welcome to House Lights, the podcast that reviews recent entertainment coming from multiple platforms. This week we are discussing Taylor Swift's re-recording of her second studio album, Fearless. This re-recording is the first of six, which she is recreating to regain ownership of after her discography under the Big Machine record label was sold twice without her knowledge. I'm Carly Graham and I'm joined by guests Keshi Shabra and Emily Bavard. So let's just jump into it. Fearless Taylor's version. What are your guys' thoughts? Uh, just looking back in time, um, like fun fact about me, so, you know, I'm an international student um, and that was not a thing, you know, back home where you would be listening to a lot of pop culture, Hollywood themed songs. So Taylor Swift's Love Story was my first English song ever that I ever listened to. And that just created such a, you know, like, buzz around in like my age group in my community before that the only people you would know is like disney stars or beyonce that's it that was our range of like knowing pop culture stars and then come in taylor swift and then she brings in you belong with me after that that's at least what we heard in which order we heard it and yeah and since then i've been unstoppable so just you know thinking back to that time and just seeing her re-releasing that and just getting all that nostalgia of me being you know like a 13 year old girl again it's just, it's fearless kind of feeling. I would say that. What do you think, Emily? I definitely agree with that. Fearless was also the first album that I ever bought, like physical CD copy. And I feel like when I was younger, I used to listen to a lot of just like my mom's like old, like 70s music that she had. And I was so in the dark on singers. And then I was introduced to Taylor Swift and became obsessed with her when Fearless was released before. So having that now is definitely a really nostalgic thing that I was kind of thriving listening to the other night, especially Love Story, which I know technically came out a few weeks beforehand, but like you said, Keshi, that one was also like such a part of my childhood. And I watched that music video for that song so many times. So like rehearing it now in a re-release version was great. And I appreciate this album just existing. And it's a very happy moment like that she's taking back like her songs and then I'm reliving my childhood at the same time. So it brought a lot of good vibes. There were a lot of things that I just like had some strong moments with when I was listening to this album, the like Taylor's version, of course. And I have like always been a person that has loved Fearless, but it never hit as hard as some of the other ones to me. Like when Fearless came out, I liked her debut album more. And then like when Speak Now came out, I liked that one more. And when Red came out, that was my favorite for like ever. And this round, hearing it from like the perspective of Taylor as a 31-year-old and like me now as a 20-year-old, as opposed to like hearing the songs for the first time when I was eight years old, like it was just such a weird, heartwarming feeling. Like songs that have never hit the way that I needed them to were so much more powerful like change specifically like when that song was playing by the time that it came on it was probably like 12 50 a.m it was right at the end of like just the normal album tracks before we got to like the deluxe edition or whatever and I just like could not hold back my tears because that song had so much more power knowing that she was re-recording it to regain control and to regain like her own masters and that one like very specifically just like 
hurt me in a really weird way but like not hurt me but just like made me feel so close and like proud of her yeah I would say change is definitely like the key song for fearless now because a lot of people relate to her taking control of her narrative and how much impactful that song is um be it to a 19 year old Taylor Swift or to a 31 year old so definitely agree with you on there um, I think also, um, like you, Emily, and you, Carly, said that it's really good to see her just taking back the control. I think that says a lot about the industry we live in today and like the not like the you know issues we still face. And it's just something that you know someone who has become such a major star sensation and she won a Grammy on that, like her first Grammy ever. I think I'm not sure, but I think she was like one of the youngest like artists to ever win a Grammy for a country album and like in a pop world. So I think you know like thinking back to that and then looking at it right now, uh, you can just imagine a lot of things or you can just you know feel connected a lot of songs better now. Maybe it's because of our maturity or maybe it's because they kind of have a new meaning to their you know lyrics now. But it is definitely a really cool and amazing experience like being a Tilsif fan or even if not being a Tilsif fan, just you know watching this kind of like you know moment happen in the history from like a pop kind of version or like, you know, a Hollywood kind of like historic moment or just like, you know, as women, like, you know, working industry. Um, I, I, I think um, it was the best day for me that I was just sobbing. I was just crying. I don't think I realized how much importance of the song is like back when I was listening to like when I was like 12 or 13. But then like when we were really listening to the album now, I just could not stop like crying at most of these songs. So they're like, it just gives a newer depth to the lyrics, which either I understood or it just makes a lot more sense in her like mature vocals. But uh, yeah, what what do you think, Emily? I was about to say the same thing about the best day, especially like now, like graduating and stuff. And I'm like, that it, like makes me so feel like emotional. And like, that's the kind of song like I feel like that has more of an effect the older you get, because then you can kind of see both sides where it's like the um like I know why the trees changed in the fall and stuff like now we're on like that side more so but like when we were eight years old listening to it we were like still in like the earlier stages of the song that she was describing so I think that's like one of them that really stands out to me listening to now and definitely makes me excited for like the other album re-releases that are gonna come because like never grow up like on speak now I'm gonna literally be sobbing so just like the thought of like some of these songs being redone with like new meanings now is really like just nostalgic and like makes them so much more emotional. And I think her like matured vocals also definitely help with that. I think that it's very true that her matured vocals lended like a helping hand to some of the songs. White Horse was one that I think is like 10 times better on the re-record than on the original. Because while there's something like really nice and impactful about the heartache of an 18 and 19 year old Taylor Swift, hearing it now with like more range and more practice and just like better control was so good to me. Like I heard White Horse and I was like, this, this is a game changer. Like that, that song did absolute wonders and it was just like so nice hearing that one and I also one thing I like really do appreciate about 
this album is that she did manage to stay true to the originals. She had like all of the original band members perform all of the original songs, like everything on the Fearless and Fearless Platinum Edition songs. The only ones that I don't think that they helped like had a helping hand in were from the vault and so knowing that like Amos J Heller was still on bass and that Paul was on guitar was like just so nice and I felt like truly transported to like the days when I was like 12 years old commenting on their Instagram posts thinking about like how I wanted them to notice me because they were just like one person removed from Taylor Swift Yeah, that's also like, I feel like that brings it all super full circle. And then there's some songs too, where I feel like, I don't know if it's just because I was super excited to like be relishing in the moments of them again, but like You Belong With Me and stuff, I feel like I had so much fun just listening to it now with like the new release. And I don't know, just things like that are super appreciated as well. Yeah, I think I just had a whole reason to cry just knowing that possibility like played guitar on like majority of these songs again because every time especially watching her reputation um concert film and netflix and she starts singing new belong with the medley with um love story and possibly it's just there i just that's like one of my favorite moments of all time of like Taylor swift's fandom for me so just knowing that he you know uh, played the guitar and then he was like such an enthusiastically just, just promoting that on his instagram this whole week i i loved that um let's talk about things that which we obviously clearly worked about things that worked and um songs that were more appreciated with her mature vocals do you think there were any songs that didn't work out as well or could have you know made better or maybe there were vocals that didn't you know go well with her mature voice does anyone have any suggestions or i mean opinions like that carly we'll start with you yeah i definitely wanted more anger in both of the songs tell me why and that's the way I loved you I think both of these songs are angry they are songs that you yell and like that you jump around in your room angry and you like do fists pointing at the ground and just like they're very passionate and Obviously, I'm very happy that Taylor Swift is like in a happy relationship and doing better and she doesn't hold this spite anymore. But like, I was listening to That's the Way I Loved You and I was like, I need her to give me more. Like this, these are the two songs that I was like, I'm going to listen to the Taylor's version of them and I'm just going to ignore the fact that there's not as much anger and I will have twice as much anger to make up for it. Like that's how I have justified that solution in my head (laughs) that's how it should be Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm slightly less like able to comment on this because it's been a while since I listened to the original fearless so like for me I wasn't thinking as much about like the vibes I was expecting when I was listening to it so I'm probably really uneducated in answering that kind of question so I'll throw it to Kashi instead I think one song that just threw me off and not in a necessarily bad way, but just listening 31-year-old 30, Taylor Swift sing 15. 
I think that was just a an experience, a very interesting experience. Because I mean, it's not that the song is like sung necessarily from a funeral's perspective, um, and it kind of like makes sense that you know you can kind of have a nostalgic vibe to it looking back like when you're 15, but just comparing it, you know, from like the original version because she has a very like childlike kind of like a little nasally voice, kind of like a, how most country artists would have. And then her vocals have developed so much. She has got a lot more into alternative vibes. And then she's singing like that. So I think that really threw me off. I'm like, I just, it will take me a while to get used to it, but it's not necessarily in a bad way. And I do, do, do agree with you, especially about Tell Me Why Carly. That should have been a lot more angry, I think. But yeah, I, I can see that, you know, she has moved on. It's been like more than 10 years since she recorded these songs, she felt those feelings. And it's more like she is in a forgiving or a closure kind of like, you know, like vibe. So she doesn't, you know, like she's not feeling those, but she's also straight through the lyrics, through the whole composition as much as she can. That being said, we need to talk about Mr. Perfectly Fine. <laughs> <A> certified <laughs> I, banger. We need to talk about that and we need to talk about her whole fandom and how like they went crazy with memes of her and Sophie Turner. <laughs> that was, I think, the most fun I've had in a while. But I'll throw it to you, Carly. <laughs> Taylor Swift, I am convinced is evil because this was the second time that she released a song or like announced that a song would be released during my 8.30 a.m. Wednesday class. So I like I have that class once a week and she's dropped two things at that time and I missed it both times and my friends were like texting me they're like this song is so good and I was literally giving a presentation like I couldn't turn my camera off I couldn't mute myself to listen like I had I had to pay attention to class and I couldn't be there for like all the hype immediately around Mr. Perfectly Fine but as soon as class was over I hit play and there were just like three lines. I was like, this is about Joe Jonas. I was like, I love the songs that are about Joe Jonas. Those are all her best ones. Like I'm convinced that she, the, her art came from that relationship. And knowing that Sophie Turner like was like, it's not not a bop was so funny to me. I'm like, this is comedy. This is art. This belongs in the Louvre. It, it truly does. And I remember seeing your tweets uh, when we were all listening to the album. You said something like how it's still fun to make fun of Joe Shannon as it was back in 2008. And I'm like, you know, I, I agree with that because um, after a while, the news came like that now maybe they're friends and they were like showing clips of like him and Sophie dancing to um, Taylor Swift's uh, performance of Me with Brandon Yuli. And then the whole um, mind freaking, because um, I can't curse, so mind freaking lyric of um, Now I Sent 
um, present to their babies in invisible string. I'm like, oh my God, it's such a good circle. You come in and it just feels like so satisfying, so relieved that it's like we all moved on from J- like Joe Jonas and we're happy with Joelle and just with her. But then she drops Mr. Perfectly Fine and you're back to being that person, just like that sassy, spiteful and just like a teenage. And I'm like, this is such a Tilsif thing to do. Like just one second, she does something extremely mature and then she drops something so sassy and immature and I love her for that and I just cannot stop bopping to Mr. Perfectly Fine. I think the one lyric that really got to me, Mr. Casually Cruel, I was like, I remember my just like, 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 I immediately went on Twitter and I was like, wait, was this the birth of All Too Well? Probably not, but that's the first thought that came in my head and I was like, blown. But Emily, what was your reaction listening to the song? Um, First of all, very big bop, big fan of it. I also feel like I definitely think she just releases things and I am always feel bamboozled and I feel like I definitely saw Carly's tweet about being in a class when she released it before I saw her tweet about it but I think it's great and I also feel like it has this perfect combination of like being like an old Taylor Swift song kind of vibe but it's also like in a fun way because like she's cool with Joe Jonas now and she's not actually like I hate you so it's like fun and it like I don't know for some there's something like that's so addicting like listening to it like I just want to loop it and keep playing it so I'm a big fan of that song and like like you said Kashi it's like a very just like good vibes of her being like sassy like oh I'm just gonna drop this like her tweet when she released it was like I don't know I, I appreciate it and it's a very very yeah. bop of a song imagine like just I don't know how it goes how good uh, their relation is if they're on talking terms or not but just imagine this is just like you know a scenario in your head she's calling Joe Jonas at 8 30 a.m hey by the way I'm about to drop this but we're cool okay don't mind it just we're cool it's just something you know from the malls when I was still pissed at you whatever whatever how we were kids we were so young but yeah I'm gonna drop this it's gonna slay you but don't mind it please <laughs> yeah it's I just so do... oh sorry I do fully believe that Taylor Swift warned Joe Jonas ahead of time and was like, hey, just so you're aware, this is being released at some point this week and it's going to be great. And uh, yes, read the tweet. The tweet that she had when she released it was literally so funny. It was me in 2021 being like having moved on from all of the drama and writing stories of fiction and then it's like 2008 screaming from the vault release Mr. Perfectly Fine and it was like I loved it so much and then I think it was like the next day or two days later Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas got vaccinated and Walgreens like replied to their tweet I'm pretty sure and it like their reply was like Mr. and Mrs. Perfectly Vaccinated. Oh. And I thought that was so funny. <laughs> like her, 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 like just like fandom does no, no, no bounds. Everyone just loves tweeting or quoting about Taylor Swift songs and just throwing it back at, especially of all the people to Joe Jonas. But like earlier when you said, uh, Emily, about how excited you are. Uh, about Speak now being re-released and some songs like that. Uh, very briefly, I'm not going to like take the spotlight away from Fearless, but very briefly, just I can't wait for Dear John to be released. 
<laughs> that is just gonna be and Emily here is a John Mayer fan so I feel like I'm just gonna slay her that night <laughs> I'm sorry I know that's a betrayal but I'm willing to separate John Mayer from his personality and his music but I acknowledge that that song is very not a good picture of him <laughs> and also I fear for him like when Twitter when that song comes out because that's, he's not gonna have it's not gonna go well for him like Taylor Swift fans were already like spamming when he made TikTok and all the comments were like she was too young John <laughs> like, all too well he wa it wasn't even about him but they were quoting all too well I just once again Joe Jonas the songs that are about Joe Jonas hit so different and thinking about Last Kiss re-recorded will literally murder me but now that we're thinking about that I would like to revisit the idea of songs from the vault um there are so many unreleased Taylor Swift songs that I have I there are so many so many online and so one in particular that I was incredibly excited to hear was going to be on fearless was we were happy because I have been listening to a crappy little YouTube video of that song for years and finally getting an actual recorded version with Keith Urban on the track. Absolute chef's kiss. I needed that more than I needed anything else. Like that, that one, Mr. Perfectly Fine is my winner from the vault, but we were happy, super high up there. <laughs> What about you guys? What were your your favorites from the vault? I think I know it's going to be a bit more uh, mainstream now because she dropped a single, but Y'all Over Me, I feel like this is just strangely the most mature song of the album, according to me. Since I listened to it, I'm like, I can listen to it as a 19-year-old, as a 31-year-old, as an 8-year-old, and I would just still feel it, you know, pretty relatable. Um, and it's just there's something about it, and a lot of people made um comparison with clean on how it's like a little just premature version of clean but i feel like this song is just raw and honestly i won't be surprised if she like wrote this now and then just released it from the wall it's kind of like you know something that fits the fearless vibe but it also fits her folklore evermore vibe too so i really like that um but talking about we were happy I remember just tweeting about that song. I think that's the song I tweeted most about. Um, my first tweet was, oh no, she mentioned Porsche lights. Why did she mention Porsche lights? Nothing good comes after Porsche lights. And then something, one line from the bridge, something about, um, but they don't give me choices. And that's what these tears are for because we were happy. And I was comparing that with the happiness from Evermore. It was happiness with that because of you, but there was happiness um, after you. So yeah, I, I think a lot of songs from Vault, I was just not even without trying, just like kind of like making comparison with her newer songs or how they're kind of like, you know, like pre-matured versions of those songs. So like the Vault can be a separate album for me. It just gives me those vibes. It goes along with Fearless very well, especially Bye Bye Bye. That is such a fearless vibe. That's probably the most fearless vibe according to me from the Vault. But it just is good enough that it can be just its own six song album or EP, according to me. Emily, what was, which one was your favorite and what do you think of the songs? Um, I think Mr. Perfectly Fine is definitely my favorite, but 
but I also appreciated the song that has Keith Urban on it because I also like ex- like around the time of Fearless being released was also a fan of Keith Urban because I used to listen to country music a lot more when I was younger so then it was kind of like an added bonus of nostalgia because Keith Urban and Taylor Swift and I kind of like I've started listening to Taylor Swift more now like the last couple months mostly because Cashy and like Folklore and Evermore so like the nostalgia is kind of like for her as a person wasn't as much but like Keith Urban I forgot about him so like then I was like oh he's on a Taylor Swift song and for some reason that like brought me back to like her being on a Tim McGraw song too and like then I was like back in like all of those vibes so I really like that song also remembering that's when is the name thank you Kashi um so that one I think also has like a soft spot for me and um I do agree with what you said, Kashi, that like Bye Bye Baby really fits with the fearless vibes. So that one seems like a good one, especially like as an ending note of the album. So, yeah. I do think it's important to note that I'm pretty sure Aaron Dessner did produce most of the songs from The Vault, which is probably why a lot of them do end up having a bit of a more folklore, ever more vibe. But I don't think it's so like, folky versus country that it like takes away their connection because I do like like you said I think that there are some that are a bit more um mature like the one with Marin Morris you all over me but I like all of the songs still feel very like these are coming from a place of being a teenager that just had her heart broken And I think that that's just, like, it's very refreshing to hear. I, like, I have said this before, and I will say it again. Folklore is my favorite Taylor Swift album. I think that what she did was, like, so perfectly crafted. I think that it's gorgeous. Every song is perfect to me. Like, there is not a single song I skip on a 17-song album, and that's incredible. But there is something about Fearless just, like, being like that comfort album like it will always bring you back to that place of like warmth and comfort and support and anger and it will give you like anything that you need it will give you songs to yell it will give you songs to cry to like it it does what it needs to do in just like the absolute best way yeah, I think uh, everyone kind of like, you know, like needs to remember that before Taylor Swift was such, you know, good at writing fictional like stories, she was known and she was remembered and she gained such a big fandom for her autobiographical lyrics. Um, yes, she is known as the person who used to write about breakup songs all the time, about heartbreaks, but that's the reason that, you know, she also won a lot of Grammys and a lot of other awards. And I think Fearless is like, you know, kind of where you can see that beginning point, even though yes, it was a lot like in Taylor Swift's like self like named album, you see a lot of vibes like Picture to Burn or Teardrops on my guitar, but I think Fearless kind of became more refined in the way of how a 19 year old would look you know, back in time and see recent heartbreaks or like heartbreaks that, you know, happened a little bit over time. 
but it's it's more than that it's like you can always just go back to that time the time will stand still for you and you can feel everything you felt as a teenage and which is like most of the people that you know and even if it's, you're not a teenager you're just like a young person who got your heart broken recently and feel it's like the album that you would probably think of first at least i would think of first even though yes i do like folklore and more a lot better i think those two combination of this album is like you said carly it's like non-skippable for me. There's not a single track on those two albums combined that I would skip. That being said, my favorite album is Reputation because I like the whole narrative switched and like the whole vilified version. I am a sucker for those kind of songs. But um, coming back to Fearless, I think it's just like so raw and just, you know, just like so refreshing from a younger perspective that you can't help but go back to it. Yeah, talking about the like looking back with like the younger perspective kind of thing and how like when she made it was that for some reason to me and I don't know if this is going to be like an apt or relatable like analysis at all but like when you mentioned before the song 15 listening to like that song specifically now I just get like a a mom vibe of like talking to like their kid that's like starting high school and then it's like I don't know like being like oh this is like what happens and like boys will do this and I don't know I just so it kind of has like a new life in my brain on this album where it like feels more like reflective than like her talking and like it could be like a like narrative of like telling like someone like younger or like someone who would be making the mistakes that she was making at those times but like from a mature like progressed lens because now she's 31 and she was so much younger before so I don't I don't know if like the mom vibe is like apt exactly, but that that's just where my brain went with that song specifically. It is. I tell you it is. I think that you're definitely hitting on the head a little bit with like the mom vibe specifically because Homegirl has been getting so close with Conan Gray and Olivia Rodrigo that she sent them the re-recorded album early and they got to like listen to it early and she posted like their TikTok on her Instagram and said something like sent my recording to my children a day earlier or something like that like it was absolutely crazy but I think it's it's definitely interesting to me that like she is reaching that that point in her life where she feels comfortable just reclaiming that narrative like we said being who she needs to be in living the life that she wants to live rather than kind of feeling held back by the music industry or by any individual or her record label or anything like that. So I definitely think that that's very like heartwarming for me. So. Yeah. Well, as much as I would, I could go on forever talking about Taylor Swift, like my every breath for my entire life. I sadly feel like we should conclude that, this whole discussion and leave something for dear John and for other recordings to come. That's a dig at you, Emily. <laughs> but um, I think just concluding, I would say my personal favorite of the whole album, that song we should definitely talk about, just like a kind of like an ending note is, forever and always piano version. <laughs> um, that's a song that definitely did work with vocals. It's like, I feel like I can almost just like play the older version and the newer version, like just simultaneously and just still vibe to it. I feel like we are creating a whole new vibe and 
I'm very much looking forward to do that. But just like listening to her from a mature perspective, again, talking about her relationship with Joe Jonas, but in a, a lot more different way. I mean, it's still sassy, it's a little shady, but it's also like, you know, especially with piano version, you, you get to see the sadder tones of that. And I don't know, I feel like, you know, you kind of have to be as an artist, you have to feel the music when you're recording it or re-recording it. And I can see, like, at least I can hear in her vocals, you know, that she was still feeling some pain of it, or at least she was able to kind of, you know, manifest on that to get in that vibe and record forever and always, with, especially with the piano version. But yeah, that is um, where I and my thoughts on Hiroshima that was a song that literally killed me took me a while i literally before that song i was listening to untouchable which has always been a soft spot for me but like listening to that as a 23 year old versus a 13 year old i was just like this song is so much more like having depth to it i'm just tarnished i was like telling emily as untouchable is like ending i'm crying i'm not okay emily i don't know what to do and before i can say anything else forever and all this piano version starts playing and i'm like why does she do that to me why does taylor swift hate me but yeah that song killed me i need to take a break after that and that's all i'm gonna say about it forever and always will always have a very soft spot in my heart i will never forget the ellen performance where she specifically called out Joe Jonas and was like, I wrote that about him. I wrote that song about him. And then like, flash forward a few years, she went on Ellen again and Ellen was like, do you have any regrets? And she was like, I probably would like not have called out Joe Jonas live on your show. Like that is one of my favorite progressions. I love, I love everything about the Taylor Swift Joe Jonas relationship. It's ridiculous. I love seeing like the memes of like Taylor Swift's lyrics that she wrote in 2008 about Joe Jonas. And then it's a photo of Joe Jonas in 2008. And I, I just think it's so funny because like from today's standards, he looks ridiculous. Like his hair is absolutely bonkers, but we were all just like simping over him as little children that were like, yeah, the Jonas Brothers, Joe's my favorite. Ha, ha, ha. So yes, um, I definitely agree with that, but on that note, thank you, Kashi and Emily, for joining me today. And thank you for listening to this episode of House Lights. Please feel free to check out our other podcasts from the State News Podcast Network on SoundCloud.